This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. It is my great honor to talk about some of the interesting things happening in the data center these days, which is the growing uh, demand of computation, specifically in AI, right? So, uh, so the hope is that, you know, I'm going to show you some challenges and some of our uh, unique solutions that we're working on with uh, the IE projects, okay? So um, one thing I think we all agree is that since 2012, things change a lot in AI and machine learning. And this is specifically driven by, uh, you know, an effort from Stanford. So this is ImageNet. So it is a 1 million image database with very specific labels, right? So it's not about just birds and cats. So it's object classification, but it's very specific species of birds and cats and dogs and all that, right? So a lot of very fine-grained labels, a million examples labeled by humans so that, you know, we can use supervised learning uh, to train uh, the supervised learning models. And if you look at the right-hand side, here is the ImageNet performance. So it is an open challenge. It was uh, there for about uh, six or seven years. So initially, um, the performance without deep learning is just about, you know, 25 or 28% error rate, right? So uh, pretty high. One in three images in general, you get a wrong label. But with the introduction of deep learning in 2012, the first model is an AlexNet, right? So it's a convolutional neural network model. So we see very significant reduction in error rate. So by the time they retire the ImageNet challenge in about 2015, uh, the best performance is actually 3.5, right? So this is actually better than human performance. Um, this is uh, definitely remarkable and... Uh, uh, it's driven a lot of the changes in uh, the computation in the cloud. Uh, the other thing I want to briefly mention is that uh, not just supervised learning, right? So reinforcement learning also started to gain some tractions in the machine learning community in recent years. So comparing to reinforcement learning, uh, one of the challenges is that it is uh, very simple inefficient in a sense that you need a lot more examples uh, to be able to teach a reinforcement learning agent to do well. But if you actually have a very good setting, so for example, the AlphaGo, the latest version of AlphaGo is essentially two players playing with each other, right? Both are uh, AI systems. And if you ask them to play for 40 days, right, uh, then you'll be able to build the AlphaGo Zero system on the cloud and be able to beat all of the previous versions of human and AI system, right? So this is definitely amazing achievement, but the latest version in 2018, it requires 40 days to train, right? Even with Google's computation. So uh, definitely simple efficiency is an issue and we're gonna go to that um, in the next few minutes. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that in addition to computer vision, uh, natural language processing is also a very important area. So every day you search some items on Google or, you know, Microsoft uh, Bing, then, um, you know, it's essentially a query, right? And then the query is actually processed using deep learning these days. So this only happened last year, 
that all of the queries in the past were using just keywords based, but now it's completely uh, based on deep learning, specifically based on this BERT model that was uh, released in uh, late 2018, right? And uh, some of the uh, results on BERT is also very promising that um, there's this general glue benchmark in NLP that measures the accuracy on various of different tasks, for example, reading comprehension, uh, natural language inference, uh, sentiment classification. Uh, in general, it can get to almost, um, you know, human baseline uh, for this very specific settings uh, with this new BERT model. Uh, today, I want to specifically mention not just the background of the growth in the past few years, but this is a very interesting concept that, you know, we discuss in our IEE workshop 2.0 is that we really need to think beyond just optimizing accuracy, right, in all of my previous examples, but to think about the carbon emission, but to think about the massive computational power, right? So uh, we actually uh, promoted and came up with the term green AI, and the hope was that, you know, instead of just focusing on accuracy, but now we can uh, take a look at carbon emission, can take a look at computational costs, and ideally the hope is that we're gonna build uh, better AI systems, but try to also constrain the cost and constrain the carbon emission associated with this gigantic uh, neural network models. Um, why is this important, right? So um, I think this is very familiar with you with uh, most law. So the x-axis here is year and y-axis is the petaflux per second for days. So what does that mean? It means if you do one petaflop of computation for a second, right? And you do that for how many days, right? So you can see that before 2012 in general, uh, most laws still hold, but after 2012, uh, we see about 3.4 months of doubling in computation requirements in AI. Uh, for example, uh, DQN I briefly mentioned, AlexNet briefly mentioned, ResNet, VGG, these are the best performing models for object recognition and for NLP neural machine translation completely replace all the prior uh, models in Google Translate, um, uh, the same with AlphaGo Zero, but um, this is uh, definitely uh, changing the computing landscape in the, uh, in the cloud these days. Um, yeah, so in uh, many different areas in AI, for example, in natural language processing, this is the same, right? So earlier this year, you can see on the top right, Microsoft uh, created this uh, Turing natural language generation model that requires, um, you know, updates of 17 billion parameters in this machine learning model, right? You can see earlier models in 2018, while somewhere between, you know, 100 million parameters to 300 million, we thought that's really a lot of parameters to update, right? When you're doing uh, this uh, forward pass and backward pass, doing a backprop to update the model parameters. But now earlier this year, we get to 17 billion parameters. Some of you are aware of the OpenAI's uh, GPT-3 model, which is state-of-the-art natural language processing model. Uh, that has 10 times of the parameters and that went to 175 billion parameters. Um, and it's definitely, uh, you know, growing really fast uh, every a few months. Um, the other challenge I want to briefly mention is that 
um, you know, for for our you know colleagues working in hardware, this is a challenge because the neural network architectures are not static, right? It is actually very actively cha- uh, changing over the past few years. So in the beginning, when I talk about VGG and AlexNet, those were based on convolutional neural network, right? So we're specific type of neural network. And then a few years later, there are a lot of people looking at, you know, recurrent neural network and LSTMs, long short-term memory networks. But like I said, in 2018, again, this whole, uh, you know, landscape change in machine learning with the introduction of the transformer model, which is a very recent architecture that got state-of-the-art performance in many different tasks in natural language processing computer vision, right? So, um, and comparing to the prior models, um, you can think about this as a graph model, right? So uh, it is a graph model that has, you know, uh, multiple attention heads, and within each attention head, as you can see in the green boxes, well, what you don't see is that there are also, you know, key value and query embeddings that essentially does the computation of looking at the attention to other uh, input tokens. So you can think about this as a graph model, but um, it is very effective, uh, but definitely requires uh, more computation comparing uh, to the prior models, such as the current neural network models and uh, convolution neural network models. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is the cost, right? So this is, again, I think uh, last year, right? So if you look at last year's number, and if you want to train one model that's outperformed BERT, um, so this is the XLNet model, again, by Google and CMU, uh, it takes you about a quarter of a million dollars to train just one single model, right? Without, you know, really tuning the hyperparameter or change, um, you know, much of the uh, settings. So you can only train one model, and this one model will cost you about uh, $245,000. Uh, so definitely very expensive. It's almost uh, not affordable for uh, academia uh, to be able to catch up with this uh, computation. Um, so why are we, uh, you know, requiring more computation, right? In addition to the uh, architecture changes, um, I want to give you some insights about what's driven this big demand of computing in AI models. So take a look at this particular example in natural language processing. So it's not just the models are changing, right? But also the size of the training set is changing. So it used to be the case that, you know, 20 years ago, we look at 0.03 billion words, right, in the Wall Street Journal for training our model. But these days, when we're looking at training set, well, it's 35 billion words, right, of the number of tokens in your corpus. Uh, this is definitely a huge jump. And uh, parameter size, already talk about that, model size, right? So Turing and LG, 17 billion, but the most recent one, I don't have it here, is... Uh, GPT-3, 175 billion uh, parameters. Um, and other things uh, also uh, very important to know, for example, the number of layers in a neural network models can grow uh, very quickly from, you know, earlier 12 layers right now to uh, 78 layers. And in some of the computer vision, uh, you know, architectures, we need more than a thousand layers, right? So that's uh, definitely taking the time to do uh, backpropagation much longer. The same is with the attention head, right? So like I said, the, the latest model that works the better 
it's not recurrent model, it's not convolutional model, it's this attention-based model like transformer. And you, you can think about it as a graph model, but you're learning that, you know, the attention between uh, an input token to other tokens, right? So how many attention has do you need? Well, we need to create many copies to capture different uh, latent information. And some of the models, you know, really requires more than 100 attention heads. And uh, similarly, um, you know, you can also control the dimension of the uh, continuous vector to represent information, and that's also growing, right? With more and more data, you can imagine that we need more, uh, you know, uh, in uh, more si uh, larger sizes in the embedding to capture uh, the data such that we can generalize better so we can also memorize uh, some information in the training set. Um, carbon emission, this is a key topic that I want to discuss today, right? So there are definitely some consequences of training this uh, gigantic uh, neural models in uh, machine learning AI these days. So there's this seminar study from uh, UMass that was published last year. So they were looking at, in general, the carbon emission in pounds, comparing, you know, in general, you know, what is the, you know, human life, right, consumption for a year. The average is about 11,000 pounds. But if you look at the training one single neural model, right, so with tuning and experimental uh, experimentation, it's about... 78,000 pounds, right? So it's already eight times of uh, one, you know, person's annual emission. And if you want to do some, you know, amazing things, let's say achieve the best result on this leaderboard, while well, you often have to do neural architecture search, which is automatically configuring your uh, neural model with the best parameters. And this can take up to 626 thousand pounds, right? So this is like 62, right, times of the uh, carbon emission uh, comparing to one person per year. So definitely uh, crazy, and it is still uh, growing. Um, some people might know that, um, you know, there are constantly these new models getting introduced, right? So for example, for these dialogue models that was introduced in, uh, you know, by Google, and this one actually takes uh, $1.5 million, right, to train this one single model. And it's using uh, the TPU with, with three pods, which is kind of relatively uh, recent, but it still uh, requires uh, 30 days, right, to train, even with more than 2,000 TPU cores. Uh, very, very expensive, and um, but that's not a recent number, right? So like I told you, the most recent number is this OpenAI GPT-3 model that has 175 billion parameters that cost about $4.6 million to train one single model. So almost impossible for, you know, anyone else to replicate uh, this model, yet it got the best performance. So OpenAI used to, you know, make everything open source. Now they started, you know, licensing and creating APIs uh, for uh, paper use to access the GPT-3 model. But uh, it comes with a very high cost, I think, to, uh, to energy uh, efficiency. Um, so what I talk about so far is about training, right? So in natural language processing, in computer vision, or in machine learning in general, it's not just about training a gigantic model, right? You can do that offline, you can put that in the cloud, 
but it's also about inference, right? So inference is that in the testing time, that your users is gonna send these queries and you're gonna send these queries to your trained model to get a result, right? For example, search query. So if you type anything, um, this is going to be an inference call, right? To your trained BERT model and the BERT model will compute, right? A uh, k-dimensional vector going back, right? To the system and this will be used to compute a dot product between all the documents and find the closest one return to uh, show it to you. So this is one inference API call, but not just training, inference also costs a lot, right? So if you running this, uh, you know, data centers and if you're, you know, running a big business, uh, this is also a huge cost comparing to uh, training, right? Because you get a lot of this cost uh, um, every single uh, second. So this can also take a lot of money for uh, inference as well. Um, that's why um, at the IE and the Center for Responsible Machine Learning, we started to think about how to change the landscape of doing, uh, you know, neural uh, network research, right? So in addition to chase this leaderboard like ImageNet or Glue Benchmark that wholly focusing on accuracy, we started to think about the cost, right? And think about the time and also think about the carbon emission. So we built this Hulk benchmark that, uh, you know, look at multiple uh, phases of the uh, neural network pipeline. So in addition to uh, training, so we separate this into pre-training and fine-tuning all specific problems and also look at the inference costs as well. So we build a benchmark that not just look at the accuracy, but look at when you want to get to 90% accuracy, what's the numbers of hours, right? We need to uh, get to that accuracy and what's the cost, right? On let's say some regular uh, cloud, let's say like AWS and what's the number of parameters you need um, so that we are able to compare um, the energy efficiency version of the achievements in neural networks. So this is one of our latest work. And clearly uh, using our model, uh, we're taking a energy efficiency view, right? Over the uh, achievement of neural networks. So in addition to accuracy to a certain level, we look at the time, we have a score uh, weighted by uh, many different factors uh, so that in this case, uh, the performance can be measured not just by accuracy, but also by uh, many different factors uh, regarding to uh, energy efficiency and carbon emission, okay? Um, some of the latest work um, in our lab also look, looking at, you know, uh, neural information retrieval, right? So I just talked to you that, um, you know, completely right now the uh, search engine has switched to neural information retrieval, and this also has a very high cost to train a model and doing the inference. Recently, we had uh, some work with Facebook AI and started to look at the smaller models, right, to train uh, the system. So our latest model only needs about eight GPUs with, uh, you know, to train the system. And it's about 10 times faster uh, comparing to the existing uh, inference time. And we're still able to achieve the CFDR performance by basically create a shared encoder for a user's query and also to encode uh, the uh, the uh, top K search results. So we're able to get a pretty good result, but much more uh, faster time in the inference and also much more smaller footprint in the training uh, process. 
Right. So uh, this is pretty much uh, what I want to tell you today. So hopefully uh, you get to know a little bit about the challenges in, um, you know, neural computation these days and also get to know a little bit about, uh, you know, the cause and the uh, carbon footprint and also some of our recent work with IEE on reducing the, uh, the cost and improving the energy efficiencies. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.